All right, and we are back today talking about the offensive line. And there's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. The offensive line is probably the most interesting uh, position battle that we're going to be seeing during this training camp, just because there's so many questions. I mean, you look at who we had last year in terms of from basically moving from left to right, it was solid all year. Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack, Dan Brunskill, Mike McGlinchey. Like, that was very obvious. It was straightforward. The only real change came was uh, when McGlinchey got hurt. Uh, Tom Compton stepped in and basically played right tackle for the rest of the season. And then we had just a little bit where we got to see... Um, what was it? Just just a little bit of Jalen Moore and Colton McKivitz in there. Just just spot starting for a game or two. So the offensive line, though, overall was pretty solid. This year, though, we potentially have four question marks. Uh, obviously, we have Trent Williams on the left tackle side. He's amazing. Best offensive lineman in, the, in football. Uh, after that, though, the questions start. Because <laughs> after that, left guard. We hope it's Aaron Banks. Um, Aaron Banks, this is his second year out of Notre Dame. They drafted him fairly highly with a top 50 pick. And then he didn't play a single game last year. Didn't play a single snap, if I remember correctly. So we're hoping that he comes in and he's able to fill in for Lakin Tomlinson. But ultimately, for all accounts, he's basically a rookie. Uh, I will say... Last season, he did not look like he was in very good shape. This year, he looks like he has remade his body. And we've heard very good reports about all the effort that he put in last season uh, to get his body in NFL shape. And he definitely looks uh, significantly stronger. Uh, And I'll be blunt, like he doesn't look as fat. Like last year, he looked like a fat offensive lineman. This year, he looks like a big, strong offensive lineman. So while he's still 6'5", 225 pounds, to me it looks like he basically lost 20 or 30 pounds of fat and put on 20 or 30 pounds of muscle to replace it. He looks a lot better just in terms of his body composition. Uh, After that, we have center. Uh, Last year was Alex Mack, an all-decade center. This year, we do not know. Um, potentially it's most likely looking like it's going to be Jake Brendel. Jake Brendel is going into year six of his NFL career, but he only has three starts at center. So he's kind of a big mystery here. Is he just a guy that was never good enough to actually play? Or is he potentially just a savvy vet who the Niners somehow managed to scout and uh, keep him around. And he ends up being a solid starter for the season. We really don't know. Uh, That's going to be a very big question. The one good thing about Jake Brendel um, in term is his chemistry with Trey Lance. Since he was the backup center last year, he did get, the most time with Trey Lance in terms of, you know, second team center snapping to second team quarterback. So they at least have the chemistry that they built up last season. 
Uh, so that's Jake Brendel. Next up, moving to right guard. Last year was Dan Brunskill. This year is probably Dan Brunskill. Uh, we will see. Today was the first day of practice, and Dan Brunskill actually did not do reps at right guard. Uh, he did second team center, which was interesting. Uh, but Dan Brunskill, he's, he's, he's going into his fourth year. He's all right. He's, he's a solid replacement level guard. Whenever he plays, whenever he plays Aaron Donald, for some reason, he plays very well. Uh, he's usually solid. He's not spectacular. Um, he's, he's about as, he's about as good as you can be while being the worst, per, worst player on a starting offensive line, but he's also bad enough that he's always the worst player on the starting offensive line. Like, I feel like over the last two years, it was always, whenever something bad happened, more often than not, it was because of Dan Brunskill. But at the same time, he was still able to hold down a starting right guard position on one of the best offensive lines in the NFL for the last couple of years. So is Dan Brunskill elite? No. Is he good? Eh. I think realistically he's a okay replacement level right guard. Um, but who knows? He might even be moving to center. Again, he took reps at center today. Um, with the second team. And that moves us over to right tackle, which is Mike McGlinchey. Uh, McGlinchey is going into his fourth year. He had the significant injury last season. Uh, there was some clearing up in terms of what happened with it. It sounds like it was a tendon issue where the tendon came, the tendon on his quad to his knee came like 95% detached. Um, it was apparently something that he injured last year in training camp. He tried to play through it, made it through about half the season, and then it gave out. Um, he was cleared to practice. He apparently, I think he practiced today, obviously in limited fashion. Um, and they're going to ease him in. The good news is that he was cleared to practice day one of training camp. He is training and practicing day one of training camp. Uh, football, the actual season, doesn't start for another month. So he's got more time to continue to rehab, build his strength, and get better. Uh, how good is Mike McGlinchey? In the run game, he is top 10 in the NFL. In the pass blocking game, he's average. Um, and whenever you're an average offensive tackle, the biggest issue with Mike McGlinchey is that his losses always seem to be in bad moments and they look really bad. So it's, it's not just that he's losing a rep here or there. Cause realistically, like an offensive lineman, you need to be perfect. You have to win basically 60 to 70 reps per game. And anytime that you lose a rep, it's basically your fault that a play got blown up or the quarterback got sacked. So you basically have to win 60 to 70 reps, no matter what. Mike McGlinchey is usually good for most of the game, um, but he'll lose three, four, five, six reps, and maybe three of them look really bad. 
will he be able to anchor against the bull rush? Will he be able to win against the speed rush? Uh, we will find out how much strength will he have in the run game coming off that reconstructed knee with the knee surgery. Don't know. Uh, all that being said, though, I am very glad that McGlinchey is healthy. I'm glad that he was able to go into camp today. And day one of training camp, he was cleared and he was practicing. So that's the good news. All right. So that is realistically the starting five. Now we get into a whole bunch of question marks. So I'm going to start out with Justin School. Justin School was a sixth round pick a couple of years ago. He's going into year four. Uh, last year, he had a very bad injury. If I remember correctly, I think it was his ACL. And then a month, a couple months ago, I saw a video of him like deadlifting like 600 something pounds in the weight room. Uh, but Justin School is realistically our swing tackle, or at least he's the best bet that we have as far as a swing tackle. Um, I think he played solid uh, two years ago in the 2019 season. Uh, if you remember correctly, he played swing tackle when McGlinchey went out as well as when um, Joe Staley went out. So Staley was out for a couple of games. McGlinchey was out for a couple of games. Justin School came in and he played solid at left guard, solid at right guard. And ultimately, that's really all that you want for your swing tackle is, hey, can you be okay for three games a season at left or right tackle? And I think that he probably has the best bet of being the starting swing tackle on the team. Uh, so that is Justin School. After school, and I do bring school up because I think he is exclusively a swing tackle. I don't think that he's necessarily going to be good for guard. His his build is very much offensive tackle. He is a like body wise, he's a full six 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 seven. You know, he's got the length, the size, and all that kind of stuff to play offensive tackle. So he will be a swing tackle. Uh, next up, I'm going to go with a couple of the rookies. So we got Spencer Burford. Um, really like him. This kid has a ton of room to develop. Uh, they potentially see him at guard. Today, he actually got first team reps at right guard. So that's interesting. Uh, but Spencer Burford, very young. He's only 21 years old. Um, he has really good length. Uh, Height-wise, he's between like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but length, he has very long arms. Uh, if I remember correctly, he has like 34-inch, almost 35-inch long arms. So he has very good length. Uh, I think he actually has the length that he could play uh, left tackle or right tackle if he develops. I think the main thing was him is he just needs to develop. He's only 21 years old, but... You draft this kid in the fourth round, and you have four years to really develop and build him. Like, right now, he's almost 6'5", just under 6'5", 300 pounds, long arms, 21 years old. Get him in an NFL weight room for two or three years. Watch him develop that NFL man strength put on. He looks like he could realistically put on 10 or 15 more pounds of muscle. 
I could see Spencer Burford in two or three years going out there at, you know, 6'5", 215, 220, and playing tackle or guard and being pretty good at it because he's pretty athletic. Uh, again, he's got the length and just tons of room to develop. Uh, I, but they do see him as a guard, and I do uh, – I, I personally would rather see him develop as a swing tackle – but I could definitely see him succeeding at guard, and it sounds like they're that's where they're going to want to try him. If I remember correctly, I think he also was right guard at OTAs. So they might be just trying to give Dan Brunskill some real competition. Uh, I think Shanahan mentioned that he might want Brunskill to play center potentially, which means Burford could be the starting right guard. Um, so yeah, we will see. But a fourth round pick this year, and you don't, you know, you fourth round picks are something. Next up is the other rookie that we drafted this year, uh, sixth-round pick, Nick Zakel. Nick Zakel is interesting. I really like him, potentially, as a center. Um, I think that I like how mean he is. I like how, how powerful he is. Um, I think he has very good athleticism, which you definitely need in a center for the Niners' uh, system that they run. He's also extremely intelligent. Uh, he already has like a master's in business analytics, if I remember correctly, from Fordham, which isn't known for being a football school. It's known for being a high-end, uh, like a, a, a prestigious school in the Brooklyn area, a small prestigious school in the Brooklyn area. So very, very smart guy, uh, very athletic, uh, mean in the run game. Obviously, he is uh, he's a little rough, and there's a reason why he was a sixth-round pick. He still needs to develop his technique, but just in terms of the physical makeup, the intelligence, the athleticism, I really like what Nick Zakel brings. I don't know if he's even going to make the team this year, but I would not be surprised if in one to two years, Nick Zakel is the starting center. I think that's his ideal position. Uh, he is a little tall for center uh, at like 6'5", 6'6", uh, but he also has shorter arms, uh, which when you have shorter arms, typically that means you got to kick inside. But again, I also think it's a good fit because he does have um, that small, uh, that like short area, small area quicks, meanness, burst, get to the second level, get a block, you know, like... Fire off, get your guy, get your reach block, get to the second level, hit a linebacker, um, you know, be the center. So being extremely intelligent, being able to like call out the mic, understand your run fits, what gaps you're going to do, who you're, which, you know, guard you're going to be teaming up with, how you're going to do that. So the intelligence that Zakel has, I could see him developing into a center down the road. Next up, we have Colton McKivitz. Uh, he's going into year three. I think he was another sixth round pick two years ago. Uh, Colton McKivitz, he could be guard, could be tackle. I feel like every single one of these like guys that we're getting to, it's like they were a left tackle in college, and for some reason we want them to play guard. <laughs> uh, but Colton McKivitz, he played uh, two years ago. He had a, a game or two that he played at guard, I think right guard, if I remember correctly, two years ago. Last year, he played left tackle for a game um, when Trent Williams was out. 
He ended up beating out uh, Jalen Moore, the next guy on this list. And Colton McKivitz, I I don't really feel strongly about him one way or another. Uh, I think he's got potential to be a backup guard, realistically. I don't think he's going to develop into a starter. I could be wrong. Um, but I feel at this point, it's he's definitely on the cusp of, you know, hey, you may or may not be on the team this year. He, I think he was actually cut last year, put on the practice squad, and then they brought him up. So we'll see what happens with Colton McKibbitts. Next up is Jalen Moore. Uh, last year, Jalen Moore was a fifth round pick, uh, another left tackle that they said they wanted to convert to guard. And uh, I know some people are really excited to see him at guard. Um, Jalen Moore has really good athleticism and balance, but I always thought that when he was playing tackle, he kind of looked a little bit out of control on pass sets. Uh, just almost like he was flailing, but somehow he was like winning his reps. It didn't really make sense. Um, I'm not the biggest Jalen Moore fan. I like him a little bit more than McKivitz. Uh, I do think it's interesting that they really seem to want him at guard. I feel like they've basically these last two years been like, hey, um, let's just get like 10 guys and just throw them all at guard and see who's the best, which is really good because the fact that the interior offensive line is such a mystery, I am very glad that we legitimately have like 10 guys competing for those three inner uh, interior offensive line positions. I'm glad that there's that much competition. I just really don't know what to expect from Jalen Moore. Uh, is he a backup guard? Is he a backup tackle? Is he a starter? We will find out more. Uh, next on the list is Donovan West, undrafted free agent rookie. A lot of people thought he would potentially be as high as a third round pick, uh, but he ended up falling all the way to the un all the way undrafted. They gave him a good amount of money. I think they gave him like fifty thousand dollars, which is a lot for a uh, undrafted rookie. Uh, Donovan West, center out of ASU. Uh, he is very much a zone, a Shanahan-style zone center. He's a little undersized, but very athletic, very agile. I thought uh, when I watched his film, I was just very impressed at how good he looked moving in space and getting to the second level. Um, his pass sets were okay. He needs to develop some strength. But he's also really young. He's only like 21 years old. Um, he's probably going to be like the third team uh, center. I don't think he's going to... I don't even know if he's necessarily going to make the team. I don't really expect it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being on the practice squad. Uh, similar to Nick Zakel, maybe next year he ends up being the starting center. Uh, or maybe by the end of this season him or Zakel are good enough that they can overtake someone uh, for the center position. Like maybe Zakel or Donovan West end up going initially on the practice squad and then down the road, like, you know, week 8, 9, 10, 11, they end up overtaking uh, Jake Brendel or something like that. Really don't know, uh, but Donovan West, very agile for an offensive lineman, a little undersized, doesn't quite have the strength that you would want for an NFL offensive lineman, but he's really young, kind of like Burford, you know, give him a year or two to develop, get that grown man strength going, 
And uh, he definitely has the potential because he has the movement skills and, uh, you know, the agility uh, to, you know, play that outside zone center. Next on the list is Keaton Sutherland, not to be confused with Kiefer Sutherland, 24. <laughs> uh, Keaton Sutherland. So I'll be honest, don't really know much about him. He's 6'5", 315, and he's going into year three. Um, if I remember correctly, I think that he is a center. Um, so he will be probably competing for backup center spot. And other than that, he's probably on the outside looking in. Don't know what really to expect from him. Final person on the list. Um, actually, no, I got two more because for some reason I didn't have Jason Poe on here. Uh, Sam Schluter. So Sam Schluter, uh, undrafted free agent rookie. Uh, offensive tackle. Don't know if they want him at tackle. Don't know if they want him at guard. Uh, I think he's primarily going to be an offensive tackle. Uh, again, realistically, I don't expect him to, unless he ends up having an incredible, um, you know, training camp. He was he was lower on the list uh, of most draft boards than. You know, Spencer Burford, Nick Zakel, Donovan West, all those guys were viewed as draftable prospects. Uh, Sam Schluter, not really. So we'll see what happens. Maybe he ends up, you know, making the team more likely. I think he's hoping for a practice squad position. But you know what? We'll see what camp happens. And last on the list is Jason Poe. Um, this guy's fun. Um, He's, he's way too small, or not way too small, but he's, he's really small for an offensive lineman. He's basically six foot, 300 pounds with short arms, but holy crap, is he an athlete? Um, his like testing was like 95th percentile in everything for offensive linemen. He ran like a four, seven 40. Uh, he had a video out that was super fun of him running routes uh like he was playing fullback or tight end uh he called himself a fullback slash offensive lineman and he played guard at mercer but i think he might have potential as a center i, I really don't know what to do with jason poe he's so fun and you gotta go watch you gotta go watch the uh, the highlight thing um, because it's so funny watching this dude who he's really like built like DJ Jones almost dude just looks like a little bowling ball out there, but he's freaking running routes, catching the ball. He can play fullback. Uh, but at the same time, he's trying to be a guard or a center in the NFL. I don't know if he's quite big enough for that. I know Chapman says that he wants him playing defensive tackle, as like a, you know, penetrating nose tackle, a la DJ Jones. Uh, but Jason Poe's a fun one. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. So there you go. That is the offensive line group. So I got, I think who we think are our five starters. A lot of this depends on just how many guys are they going to keep on the team? You know, are they keeping eight offensive linemen, nine, ten? Um, I would think if school is healthy, he's making it as the swing tackle Burford. They're definitely keeping cause they drafted him. Um, 
I think after that, you know, you've got Zakel, McKivitz, Moore, uh, probably fighting for one or two more positions. And then, you know, I, I think realistically, uh, probably the ones who are going to have the hardest time making the team is going to be Zakel, McKivitz, uh, and then obviously West, Sutherland, Schluter, and Poe. Um, I would say I'm most confident in. Obviously, Trent Williams, Banks, uh, Jake Brendel, Brunskill, McGinn, Glinchy. If I were to guess, after that, we have School, Burford, uh, probably Jalen Moore, and then either Zakel or McKivitz if they uh, keep a ninth one. And then the other guys, you try and hope make the practice squad. So there you go. That is the offensive line group for the 49ers. Next up, defense. 